and hello movie lovers and welcome to the show for tonight's podcast episode i have independent actor sean james with me tonight say hello to everybody what's up y'all how we doing and you know what man it's been a while it's been close to a year that we've actually done an episode together to believe it or not it's been a minute it's been a minute yeah. For sure. So my thing is this: What have you been up to? How's things been going for you? I know that you've been busy. I've seen your IMDb and stuff like that, but not only that, but I've even seen you on social media, man. You're you're killing it. You're you know you're doing a fantastic job at what you're doing. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been it's been a really good year. Uh, definitely t- definitely leveled up. You know, um, it went from coming back on a show to coming back from multiple episodes on that show to booking another show coming back from multiple episodes for that to booking another show after that so because of this i've been working you know on and off for pretty much the whole year so far uh which has been which is just there are no words for that um and uh just want to keep it going man just want to keep the momentum going to where this is just like a regular thing that I do. Um, it, it, it is now, you know, I'm not, I'm not losing sight of the moment now that it's here. It's just, I want to compound on that, you know, and, uh, it's been great as a result of all these shows. I haven't really had to work a day job, quote unquote, for the first time ever, which is just amazing. Cause that's what you want to do as an actor. That's the end game just to work, you know, not to do X, Y, and Z. You just want to work and not have to, do something else while doing that so Absolutely. if that's the if that's the litmus test then we definitely have passed so that's great and just been able to do things i never thought i would do like being able to pay things off and do different things because of working through acting and working towards you know insurances and p- p- contributing to pensions and all that stuff it's just a, it's surreal it's surreal but in saying that it's surreal that it's actually happening I 100% expected this to happen. Um, and I don't say that from like a place of, uh, you know, uh, egocentric place. I just say that from a place of that I know what I bring. I know how hard I work. And I just already made the decision in my mind that, oh, this is just going to happen. It's just, there, this is going to happen. So with that mindset and with, the, with what I put forth, it's just a matter of time. So I knew this was going to happen. It's just, uh, I didn't know when. You never know right. when. And the fact that it's happening is is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Exactly, man. Because here's the thing. You never know what opportunity is going to be lying behind the door and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not only that, it's just that striving of trying to do something that is totally, completely different than what anybody else would actually thought about doing in the first place yeah. and everything. It gets hard. It's actually a hard thing to actually do with where what you're doing, especially what I'm doing with the podcast and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. But you just have that have to have that willingness just to keep working and just to keep going and everything, and not slow down and everything. Yeah. Because I feel like I don't know about you, but as for me, if I slow down, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to myself and plus the people that are support my podcast and everything too. I just feel like I'm letting people down and then also too I'm letting myself down because I'm like I just keep on going and everything and that's just how fired up I am and I know that you have that same burning passion that you have with being an actor as well and everything yeah. it just burns inside of you and you can't just let it go you have to keep going until you get the top of that mountain Yeah 100% uh it it is the air that you breathe you know it uh <laughs> it's just uh it it's I, I can't describe it. Uh, it's, you know, when people find whatever that passion is, they know what I'm talking about. It's just like, oh, this is what I'm here for. This is why my parents knocked boots and I was conceived. This is, okay, I get it now. This is why I'm here. And uh, when you find that and you hold on to that, it's like a feeling that I can't describe, you know. And for me, doing this is that feeling. And, uh, you know, just being on a set or being on a stage and when that curtain comes up or when they roll camera, uh, you know, and to be this character, to work with people, you know, that you in a million years never would have thought you work with and, you know, who you grew up on in certain cases, that is the most intoxicating thing ever. It's like, it's, it's, it's literally like heaven. It's like, this is what heaven's like. Like, this is what it's like, you know what I mean? Right. And um, 
I agree with you. It's all about the work. Like I'm just, I just work, you know, I come from a very blue collar family where hard work and, and, and values and ethics are important. So I just bring that, uh, that flavor out here to that. And, uh, I just hit the ground running like head first with no helmet, you know, and uh, that's just how you got to do it. Exactly. Um, it starts with you. And then once it starts with you and you've made that decision and you have just said that this is what you're going to do, then the rest is easy. It's just a matter of when it happens, you just go forth, put out that work and then it will happen. But it starts with you making that belief real in your own right. mind. And uh, I don't know about other people, but I just like to work. Like I'm not like a days off. or anything. I'm not like, like a days off type of guy. Like I, I like days off, even if I take a vacation and I give it adequate time for the vacation, you know, I, uh, uh, after like three days, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go back. <laughs> we gotta do something like we gotta, I'm ready to go back, get some auditions in, do X, Y, and Z, get back in class. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's 24, seven, 366 on like a leap year in my mind, you know, uh, it's just, it's all I think about because it's all I want to do. Like anything, everything else really doesn't matter or is of relevance to me. You know, it's, it's, and I just, I just like to work. And like I said, when this started, if, uh, if I could work on projects year round and like barely be home, that's like a vacation for me, you know, cause this is this feed. I'm, I become fully alive when the director says action or when the or when the curtain goes up, that's when I fully become Sean. Like that's when that engages. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, uh, yeah. Because and it's hard, you right? Yeah. It's actually hard to. Yeah. Right. Sorry, sorry, man. I don't mean to interrupt. Um, go on ahead. But it's actually hard to ha do that though. Where it's like it's hard to turn that off as soon as the director says action, and it's like I all of a sudden you just become that character. You become somebody else. You're so involved with it, mm. and then. Once it once the cameras are done, that's when the job is done. It's like yeah. plucking in for eight hours and everything, doing what you have to do, putting on that grind, and just keep on mm. doing what you have to do to get the job done. But also, too, at the same time, you're getting the job done, but you're actually being fulfilled. You actually have that zen where it's like, you know, that inner yeah. peace where it's like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm made for. This is me. This is who I am. Yeah, it, it, it fills you on like a molecular level, you know, it, uh, it's just, it's, it's, I can't describe it. Like anyone who, who knows their passion and goes after their passion with like ruthless aggression knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's just, this is what you do it for. You know, you want to, you're fully, uh, you're a fully formed human when you do what you're made to do, you know what I mean? And you couldn't be more right about doing a project and then getting off of that and snapping back into reality because it feels like a dream it is a dream and then when you get back to reality you're like oh shit <laughs> this is this is i want to go back to that i don't want to go back to this like you know when i was working you know last year pre-pandemic and i would book something and i would be on set with these like award winners and and marvel directors and, and whatever whatever you know what i mean and then the next day i'm back at cheesecake factory <laughs> nothing against you factory but it's just like it's not working on a on sony lot or like working on abc lot you know what i mean and it's just like man i want to go back to that i want to go where they play i want to go where the into the treehouse where the where the where the big boys play you know and girls you know so it's right. just it's just the fact that i can do that now and not have to go to the opposite end of those feelings of like the letdown of like leaving that when they when the curtains go back down or when they yell cut, you know, it's the best feeling ever. And uh, it's just so fulfilling because I, I, I was watching a really good show that I, uh, it's a new show that I'm a big fan of. It's called Heels on Stars. Oh, yeah. um, it's like a family wrestling drama. Yeah, I love and, that uh, show, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a great show. And uh, uh, one of the lines from the show, which I, when I heard it, I had to like pause and rewind and see if I heard what I heard he said. I was like, yeah, he definitely said that. He said that because, uh, you know, wrestling is about telling a story with physicality and all those different things. He's like, audiences count on us telling a story that is better than the one they have to live with every day. And I was like, holy shit, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was me because 
my early i think we touched on this last time my earliest memories in life period are in a movie theater like we're talking three four years old you know being in a movie theater probably saw my first r-rated film like before the age of seven you know same same here (laughs) yeah and it's just you know it's just i grew up on that and that shaped who i am to the point where if i'm talking to someone and i reference something it's pretty much from a show or a movie that i'm referencing you know and um my love came from that exact thing that he was talking about because what i as i got older and i was able to process things and you know it's like you know you're growing and you know you hit school and when you're not you know the prototype person who's like you know the the uh who's who's the popular kid at school and you experience the harsh realities of kids and growing up and what that's like when you're not deemed uh the accepted or normal you know what i mean you look for those stories and those avenues which are tell better uh tell a better story than what you have to live with every day and for me that was going to the movie theaters seeing superhero on tv as well too you know and seeing superheroes and seeing you know the the, the this guy save the day get the girl and he's like saves the world and everybody loves them and all those other things it just it tells a better story than what you got going on in your life right now it inspires you that you know well hey you know life can be better than it is like you know this guy on the screen and that means i can maybe do better you know what i mean and that's kind of where the love for being in that position came from because what those actors did for me the michael keaton's and the harrison fords and you know go so on and so forth I want to be able to impart that on the next generation. You know what I mean? Like kind of keep it, keep paying it forward, you know? And, uh, and that's just like my purpose. And, uh, it was shaped by, like I said, seeing those stories that these, these people told on these, uh, big ass screens and those stories being way better than, you know, the story of my life at the time. So I think that's why I'm so invested in this, you know? Right, totally, man. I totally get that and everything because here's the thing. We want to go on ahead. We want to escape for two and a half hours watching a movie, watching characters that we can relate to, or just forgetting about the things that are around us. And they want to be glued into that character and forget about thing about their own life because mm-hmm. our own lives are not, you know what I'm saying, like regular yeah. lives and everything is not that exciting as watching something that's two and a half hours long, watching yeah. Superman or The Flash or just an average movie and just going in there and having a good time, turning your brain off for two and a half hours and just being yeah. filled with entertainment and then coming out having fun and yeah. everything. There's nothing yeah. like going to the movie theater and having that movie going experience. 100%. Especially and, when we, right. especially when we were younger, yeah. when it was a literal experience now in the age of smart phone, this and internet, social media, that it's a little different, but I think we're around the same age. When we were kids, it was a fucking, experience to go to the movies especially yep. when like a big movie you you loved came out because we're talking like the days of the newspaper where you see the big advertisement yep. in the newspaper and then your local theater would have the times and this is pre-smartphones like i said we couldn't order your tickets ahead of time and you go to the theater just all geeks like endorphins are running and you get there there's like a line and like you don't even know tickets are still left. It might be sold out. It might not. That's the risk you take when back in the day, you know. And right. it was, it was truly an experience. And I think that fostered, like how I am today. You know, when uh, when I go to the movies, despite the you know the modern the, the developments of modern society with like smartphones and this and that, right. it's still an experience when I go. It's just like my place of zen. You know what I mean? And. Uh, yeah, there's there's just nothing like it, man. There's nothing like it. Uh, in the show Lovecraft Country, the main character at one point said the line of uh, "There's nothing, there's nothing better than escaping in the dark for two hours," you know, and it's so true. That's definitely true because here's the thing: you can be in a theater packed with people, and that's actually the first time that you can actually feel like you're being united. This is why I made the movie Lovers Unite and everything yeah. too, because for the for two and a half hours, you forget about. All the problems of the outside world. You forget about religion. You forget about what race you are. You forget about everything that society is doing. And you're focused and you're keyed in. You're dialed into this movie. Everybody's yeah. just gathered together for one for two and a half hours. 
and just having fun and not having to worry about anything. And you're right, though. You're actually right, though, because I'm 36 years old. I grew up in a time when we didn't have smartphones. I actually remember being geeked out with my friends and all that stuff, looking at the uh, newspaper, hoping and praying that we can actually get in on opening day. Yeah, and it wasn't sold out. You just didn't know at the time. Yeah. Right. Because, perfect example, Mortal Kombat back in the Mm -hmm. 90s. Yeah. My friends and I were geeked out. At that time, House Party 4, I, was, I think, was playing at that same time. And then you also had Showgirls playing. <laughs> so so you That's had a... Pub- right. So you had two rated R movies plus a PG-13 movie. Yeah. So, therefore, you have the teenagers who are, like, the overly horny teenagers mm-hmm. <laughs> for House Party. Mm-hmm. Then if you want to see something more risque, more <laughs> things, you can go on and oh, see yeah. Showgirls. Watch Stay oh, by yeah. the Bell. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for us, being geeked out over the 90s Mortal Kombat, we actually get to see Liu Kang for the first time. We actually get to see those characters Mm -hmm. for the first time. I remember the back and forth of my friends just being geeked out in line, just talking about what we're going to about to see. And hopefully we can get in because the line was stretched out all the way to the parking lot. And you're just praying that we don't have to go back home because we drove our parents 20 minutes out of the way to go see a movie that may or may not be, uh, might be shown and everything. People don't realize back in the day how I was victim of so many times when I would go to the movies, like with my family, and we were so hyped. And it's like, well, they're sold out. <laughs> you know, you just, it's just like, uh, people here today don't experience that because you can get your tickets like 14 days in advance or something crazy. And uh, they just don't understand that feeling of like the letdown of like, oh, so close. You know, and uh, it's like being in a club. If you think about it, it's like being in a night at a Roxbury, for example. It's like, sorry, you can't come in. What do you mean we can't come in? We love Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) You know, yeah, it was it was so close. It was it was crazy, and that's just and and then as you get older, uh, you start going. You still you realize how awesome it is going by yourself. You know, because not everybody everybody loves going to the movies, but people aren't like invested like people like right. we are in the movie. So you go by yourself and like you're saying, it literally is like you're going to the golf course, playing a uh, playing a, a full round uh, on the front nine and the back nine and you're just, your mind is escaping. And it's like, this is your Zen. This is your sanctuary, you know, your utopia. And that still is with me to this day. I go to the movies by myself all the time. I tell everybody I go by myself all the time because it's just, it's my happy place. It's like where I found happiness where it otherwise wouldn't have been found from when I was younger and growing up. So it really holds a special place, like deep down inside, you know? So I still do it to this day. I go by myself all the time. It's great. It's an experience, you know? And again, uh, my purpose, I feel through the arts is to bestow that experience on someone else like me. And it doesn't have to be like me, just like other people, you know what I mean? Because like growing up, I the, the impact that these people had on my daily life as far as like, even after the movie, the experience didn't stop because you took it to school and you were talking to people about it at school yeah. and you were doing like your own little soft reenactments and parodies <laughs> at school or like with your family and they're thinking you're fucking crazy, you know what right. I mean? And it's just like, it just, they people don't understand the impact on certain people that these that this medium has. And with me, I, it just, it was like just put in my DNA at that point. It's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're eventually going to do this. We don't know when you're going to discover this in your, like when your mutant power is going to manifest, you know, <laughs> but it will manifest at some point in your life and you're going to do this. Like it just was put in me at a young age from those experiences I had in the theaters, right. you know, seeing bigger, one of the bigger ones is seeing Michael Keaton as Batman when I was eight years old or like going to see, you know, Indiana Jones, or going to see, it doesn't mean Bad Boys, the first Bad Boys. I remember going to see the first Bad Boys, to be honest with you. It was was a nine o'clock showing um, and everything, and I remember, I was like way young to go see this movie. Yeah. (laughs) But I just want to see Will Smith for the first time, doing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's all I cared about. 100%. And everything. And seeing how he was going to be as a big screen actor versus a small screen actor, because here's the thing, people don't realize this, but who would actually thought we would live in a place in time that we would see Al Pacino on a small screen now? Yes. Uh, Big time actors now realize that there's actually a place for them on a smaller screen because let's let's, just face the facts. In the 90s, 
you had cheesy dialogue. The thing, it wasn't there. It just yeah, wasn't there. Well, I would say when it started getting there, it was during the time of The Sopranos and Breaking Bad and everything was whenever the TV started transforming. 100%. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way. I think maybe Friends also had like a little hand in that a little bit towards like the, the middle seasons where it got a little really good, uh, like the meteor seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're 100% right. There was like a full-on flip because growing up, it's like movies is where the stories are told. Movies is where it's at. And TV is like, eh. I mean, there were good shows. Obviously, your Cheers is and, right. you know, you name the show. Like, we grew up on all those shows, Fresh Prince, things like right. that. But everybody wasn't clamoring to do TV. It was very much the redheaded stepchild, if you will. You know, it's like TV, especially if you were a big time actor doing uh, big studio films, you don't do TV. It was, look, it was looked as like a it was looked at as like a like a demotement. You know what I mean? Like right. a punishment. It's like I had to TV now. Great. It's like being you know? in the minor leagues, basically. If exactly. You think about it. <laughs> so. But now it's all flipped. Unless you have a super super original uh, idea and material, and you're like a cutting edge director, or if you're not a superhero film, or if you're not a soft reboot or reboot of like an old like loved film you're doing TV because TV is where like the best stories are being told. And like you said, Al Pacino is doing a TV show. No one in their right mind would have ever thought Al Pacino would do a TV show, but he's doing a TV show because the writing is on the wall and all these actors like Nicole Kidman. When I saw Nicole Kidman growing up in all these movies, whether it be Days Days of Thunder or whatever, Batman Forever, didn't, didn't even matter. She was just a movie actress, like her and Tom Cruise. Never in a million years would I think that this woman is just going to just immediately do pretty much exclusively TV, you know, from like Big Little Lies to The Undoing to Non-Perfect Strangers to all this stuff, you know. It's just like, it's just crazy how it's flipped and like everybody's just doing TV now. And I think what helps is like technology is advanced to the point now where depending on the, the medium that the show is on, whether it's a streaming show or whether it's on cable TV as opposed to like network TV where you don't really have FCC rules you got to follow and you can get away with more shit. You know, I feel that uh, they can be shot like movies. So a lot of shows that I watch that are not on network TV are literally just like you're watching a weekly movie. Right. So I think I think that, that the way the technology is advanced and how like DPs are shooting their material and things like that and the way stories are being told visually, I feel that uh, it's like you're watching a movie except it's a weekly movie. You know what I mean? Right. right. Or you're streaming it on Netflix and watching 12 hours of Stranger Things, which is a 12-hour-long movie, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's, like, like, it's, like a, right. it's like a big story that's being told over the... It's like a 10-hour like movie. Take right. all the Lord of the Rings, the extended cuts, you put them together, make it one movie, and that's kind of like the shows that we watch nowadays on streaming services. They're like 10-hour movies. So Exactly. I remember yeah. when, the, for example, the Snyder Cut was coming out. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I can sit through a three-hour movie. I said, you watch Same. Stranger Things? I was like, <laughs> you watch Stranger Things? Do you watch uh, Breaking Bad, Sopranos? Yeah. Yeah, you can, sit, you can sit through four hours, no problem. Yeah, that's like 12 hours of watching one season of The Sopranos, basically. Or three episodes yeah. of The Sopranos, for yeah. example. Yeah. So yeah, I've done that. <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, can I can I actually sit here and watch a four hour? I was like, yeah, no problem. I was like, like halfway in, I was like, oh, I'm halfway in. Cool. I just thought like an hour had passed. Like it's just nothing because I'm used to the the binge TV culture, you know, where you're binging shows. But then that brings up another thing where it's like now shows on streaming services because I feel like I mean the writing's on the wall cable tv is becoming very much obsolete because yeah. all the great shows like even if you're on like a cable channel like a stars or a hbo or a showtime they have apps for all those channels and like you can just stream them everything is going streaming so cable tv that's another story for another day but um uh where was i going but uh yeah it's just it's, it's like you're being told like this this 10-hour movie and you're getting away with more stuff and it's just like it's it's just so interesting to see you know and it's just oh i remember what i was gonna say um that was the point of streaming services what was their allure which is everybody jumped on netflix when it became a thing is because 
I hate waiting a week for an episode. Sometimes longer than that. Everybody does. And commercials. If it's streaming, they were like, here's everything at once. No commercials. Enjoy. And then everybody just became obsessed with that to the point where now these streaming sites are like, we're going to give you three. And then you got to wait every week for the next one. Or we'll just give you one. I'm like, that's what separated you from TV in the first place. And you're getting away from that. Like, that's what made you different. Now you're getting away from that, but I get it because I don't want everybody to just watch it and just like leave the leave the right channel because that's or how they glue their subscribers in and everything. Yeah, but at the same time though, I do like for example with Disney Plus and what they're doing with Mandalorian and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Because here's the thing: I feel like a sh- depending on what show it is mm-hmm. and everything, like Mandalorian or whatever show that you're doing. I like to speculate. I like to use my imagination on what might happen yes. next and use yes. theories and theorize. I was like, well, why don't you just wait until it comes out? I said, because I don't want to. I want to use my imagination. I mm-hmm. want, because I said, what were you doing before th- we had this? We were using our imagination. We weren't being exactly. told what was going to happen next. We always speculated. And now I feel like we are in a day and time where everything just needs to be explained to everybody. Yeah, rather than yeah. have our imaginations and expanding our imaginations and using yeah. and speculating and talking to your friends and peers about it. Yeah. But there's also one other thing I want to mention, though, too. You said this, too, that really struck me, too, was, you know how you said we're always, dial- when we're in the movie theater, we're dialed in mm-hmm. to a certain movie and stuff and the technology and stuff like that i remember going to see black panther for the first time i was excited to go see that movie mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden i see this teenage kid on his cell phone i'm like dude we have t'challa the very first african-american comic book based movie that's re- being represented to you and you're spending two yeah. and a half hours that your parents could have just went on ahead and just locked you in your room for two and a half hours and watched uh, whatever it is on your phone that's more important i yeah. said this is this is what i was thinking to myself i'm like Dude, you need to be dialed into this because you're in history right now. You're doing yeah. something that no one would have thought in a million years that would actually happen. Yeah, 100%. I feel you're right. And if you really want to get mad at that, go to like a concert and that's all you oh, see. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I get it. I totally get it. And I think that ties into people watching stuff at home, you know, like mm-hmm. as opposed to the movie experience. I feel like the old school, well, not even old school, like the pre-COVID movie experience is kind of like dwindling, and it's so sad. I get it, COVID, people want to be safe, so I'm all for it for people's safety. But if measures are in place for you to be able to go to the movies, if that's something you like to do, go to the movies. You know what I mean? I do it all the time, and I follow all the precautions, and we're good. But I just feel that it's a double-edged sword and that we want to keep people safe, but we're kind of killing the movie experience and mm-hmm. it's really sad, you know, but I'll do my part to still try and go and see all the movies in person, like the big movies. Like, no, nah, I'm going to the theater. Like I'm just, nah, I'm not going to watch from home. I'm just going to go to the theater, get my popcorn and you know, the nachos do my little butter <laughs> strategy and my popcorn. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm going to go. So, but uh, yeah, the movie experience is not for people. Isn't like it was when we were growing up, not Definitely even a couple not. years ago. And uh, it's sad, but I'm still going to go and do my part because I just I just can't get enough of it. Like going to the movies helped keep me alive growing up. And so I'm not going to just stop doing that. You know, same, what I mean? same here as well. I mean, I remember my la- the last movie I saw before the pandemic was The Invisible Man. And then, you know, after that, yeah, I sub- I did stream uh, King Kong Godzilla versus Kong yeah. on HBO Max. And even mm-hmm. though I was let down by that film. I, I told, even whenever I was telling Charlie when we were reviewing it, I said, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to touch my microphone, but yeah. um, but no, but like I was telling Charlie, I said, I would like to see this movie on the big screen and see the mm-hmm. visuals for what they are compared to what my small screen can do because you can, you're limited to what you can see on your small, small screen. Yes, I was let down by the movie, but I still want to go out and support it. Because yeah. it's important to support your theaters. It's important to support this art that someone put their time and efforts in to something, and for uh, for those actors and actresses to go ahead and act their butts off and everything and stuff like that. You need to support them, and by supporting them, you need to go to the movie theater. 
There's certain 100%. movies that you... And here's the thing. There's certain movies that you can watch on a smaller screen and get the enjoyment of it. But I feel like some movies, like Dune, for example, it needs to be played yes. on a big screen at the movie theaters. 100%. Get, and also, too, I want to see Candyman, too. But, my, but of course, with Hurricane... With uh, Ida coming in and everything that destroyed that those plans for me yeah <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know um fast and the furious nine i saw that in theaters didn't care Same. for it but <laughs> but uh like, it's just the big the big like the big studio films the popcorn ones you know what i mean you need to see that you need to get that whole experience or else you're it's going to help it's going to affect how you view the movie the movie if you don't get that whole experience you know shang chi I'm seeing that in theaters. Pretty much any any comic book movie, you're gonna see that in theaters. You know what I mean? And it's just, man, people. It's just, it's it's slowly dying out, and it sucks. You know, theaters are going out of business, and it's just, it's sad because that experience just keeps people alive. I know it did for me. You know, me too. and uh, it's just, it, just go to the, if you're safe. Go to the movies, you know. I couldn't wait to go to the movies once we were able to. Last one I saw pre-pandemic was Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, okay. and, uh, and it was literally over a year before I went. And I remember I saw Nobody, the Bob Odenkirk movie. It was my first one out the gates when the theaters opened up. And I was happier than a clam. It was like I was reunited with, like, my best friend or something like that. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, the, the movies, uh, it, it, it definitely saved me for sure. It definitely is the reason well. why I'm here today, 100%. You see, I feel like movies, to me, is like mental health. You go, mm. you know, that's yes. my place where I can go in and just relax and not having to worry about anything going on in my life. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? It's just mental health. You're at peace. You're at peace with yourself. You find this peacefulness, and mm -hmm. you can forget about everything. And I used to have this thing where I was a, I, I felt awkward going into a theater by myself. Like, I just got recently got over that awkwardness, like, whenever I saw Get Out, uh, not Get Out, but uh, A Quiet Place 2, I went on mm -hmm. ahead, saw that by myself, I saw The Invisible Man by myself, so it's just, like, little small steps of actually doing stuff about, at that time by myself. And yeah, I, 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 I definitely got over that at, like, 14. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my, parent, my, my parents would, uh, my parents would drop me off the movies, or I'd go, like, I just would go by myself like pre being able to drive all that stuff just getting dropped off it's just what i did you know thankfully i was of larger stature so i really didn't get carded to go into like r-rated movies which was a plus so uh <laughs> i saw everything and um yeah i would go all the time and i i was like i was just happy to be there by myself because i didn't have to like have someone here giving me their two cents and then their two cents i could just zone out into my own world and just enjoy for what I want to enjoy for. And it's been great. And uh, I still love doing it to this day. And uh, I don't think I'll ever stop loving doing that. So, yeah. That's always a good thing, though, man. That's yeah. always a... That's great. And, you know, another thing, too, though, I mean, movies has always been my passion. Reviewing movies has always been my thing. But also, too, I remember at a young age and everything, I said, I want to be an actor. And I was like, how mm -hmm. are you going to do that? I said, I don't know. But... Because I live in the South, which at that time, there was nothing going on in the South. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was no Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, production yeah. company. There was nothing oh, going yeah. on. And mm -hmm. then also, too, even with doing do, doing movie reviews and stuff like that, right? So, like, well, I was like, you know what? I think I want to do movie reviews and stuff. Like, how are you going to do that? I don't know. <laughs> but mm -hmm. now I have an outlet. I have YouTube. I have stuff like that to actually do that. It's just amazing how years progress and then things change and evolve. And now there's a production company out in New Orleans. If you want to be an actor, there's stuff that's oh, yeah. now that they have access to that you would never have thought in a million years they would have access to because of how yeah, well everything's evolving. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, showing you how I act, interact with my friends and my family. It's kind of like that episode of The Simpsons with the stonecutters. You know, the club that secretive you know how to get into you got to be a member to get into but now with the, the the advent of like you know technology and production companies and all these different ways to get in the doors are more open now it's where you can join the club you know what i mean it's not as exclusive as it once was and that ties into like 
gender, race, all those different things. It's just a new, it's like a new like playing ground right now because of all these like things that come up. And it's just a beautiful thing to see. It definitely is. And I like the fact now Hollywood is actually trying to be more diverse. Yes. And everything and not, here's the thing. I can't stand typecasting, especially when it goes into, uh, Spanish uh, casting, different, um, you know, different race and stuff like that, too. I don't like that. I don't like it when it's like, well, guess what? You're in Mexican, so you're going to be a gangster. You're going to be, you're a yeah. black African-American. You're going to be a gangster. I'm like, come on. Yeah. There's other yeah, roles yeah. that people can actually take. Don't let it be where it's just that one thing, that one generic thing that everybody knows and everything. There's roles for people that now. But there, there is, and I think it's twofold. I think, first off, to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit, um, you need to get your foot in the door however you need to get your foot in the door. But once it's in said door, that's when you're like, okay, I'm in here. These people know what I can do. Let me venture off and show them what I can do and do things that are not that are not with type. You know what I mean? Like, a, for me, it would be like a, like a security guard or a doorman or whatever, you know? It's cool, you know, and it helps get you in the door, but that's its purpose and it serves its purpose. So it's a good thing. But once you're in, you can show people more of what you can do and that will in itself diversify. And obviously the best word in the English language, if I could, uh, um, is no. So once you get in the door and you start saying no to certain things because you want to expand and you're willing to take that risk, that just helps you get better and better and it helps your footing in this industry better and better. And I feel that the biggest thing on top of that is people who look like, you know, regular people who look like me or whatever race or gender you may be are getting more and more power to create the create and tell their own stories, which is a huge thing. You know, your your Easter Rays, your uh, Emerald Fennels, your, you know, your Greta Gerwigs, you know, all those people. They're like these are women, these some women of color, you know, men of color, too. They're they're taking ownership of who they are in their culture and starting to tell their own stories, you know, and because they're telling their own stories, they're putting people who might not have gotten a shot at Leeds back in the day, a shot now, which is fantastic. Exactly. You know what I mean? You wouldn't have gotten crazy rich Asians 10 years ago. You know, no, no, you, wouldn't. you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have gotten black Panther 10 years ago, you know, where people of color are the predominant cast and like the, the other actors are, you know, uh, white people, you know, and it's just the times have changed and it's with the different mediums as well, too, like from it was YouTube Red. That's not not a thing, but you got, you know, your Amazon, your Hulu, and your this and your that. There's so much more diversity at the top and then so many more uh, mediums for them to showcase that diversity uh, equals where we're at now, where it's just like you can have trans actors, you can have uh actors of color you can have all this, this disabled actors like coda you know a movie like that right. that can happen now a movie like sound of metal that can happen now you know because of where we're at with all these things falling into place you know most definitely and sound of metal was a great film to be honest my favorite you. film of last year it was fantastic mine too yeah. i remember you and i just geeking out over that film and just yeah. how wonderfully produced it was the mixing on it was just fantastic Mm-hmm. and everything too and then the ending yeah. was just so subtle and everything yeah. it's where finally you get the main character he's just at that point where he's like this is who i am now and now i have yeah. to accept who i am and accept yeah. this my deafness for what it is it, it, when it comes down to it it's all about the story it's right. all about the story you're trying to tell which is why you know actors can be denzelian but yeah. uh <laughs> you can never outact a shitty written script like it's no. impossible. You like can try good, everything. <laughs> you can try it. You can pull out all the tricks you have, all the tools in your tool bag. You can be the goats. You can be Meryl Streep, Viola Davis, doesn't matter. You cannot act better than a horribly written script. It's just as simple as that. There have been so many times where I've had friends who just didn't like a certain actor, and then they would see that actor in other things, and they'd be like, oh, hold up. This guy is really good. So wait a minute. Actually, you know what he did before? That was just shitty writing. And that's right. kind of how you have to view it. You know, like exactly. Robert Pattinson. Like people yep. people need to give Robert Pattinson his credit. Like he did Twilight. That's the thing. Right. It's it's on his resume. He was a glittery vampire. He did Twilight. It's a thing. 
And he realized what he had, he realized what happened. He was like, okay, now I got to show people that I actually can act. And so he went the indie route and was just cranking out like great performance after great performance after great performance. And now he's Batman and people are so excited to see him as the Batman, you know? And you got to give him his respect because he realized that that was not good for me, but now I have a chance to show people actually what I can do in actually well-written projects. And now people are like, oh, yeah, you're great, dude. Like, yeah, Twilight, yeah, whatever, that happened. But you're fantastic, you know? Right. You have the, you have the ability right. to change people's perceptions when you actually get to work on properly written material. Exactly, man, exactly. Because here's the thing. I used to be one of those people that, you know, oh, he was in Twilight, da-da-da-da-da. But yeah. I'm always the type of person to now where I'm like, you know what? Twilight didn't do it for me. Let me check out what else he's done. Yes. And even though none of the indie films really hit me, I'm like, okay, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a mystery behind why the casting agents decided to go ahead and go with Robert Pattinson as Batman. Finally, mm-hmm. there was a movie that hit me, and that was The Devil All the Time. Yeah. And the creepiness and how dialed he in he was in that character. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, this is the movie that did it for me. This yeah, is the movie you got that it. T- yep. He 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 did Twilight, and it was Twilight. But now you have to put respect on his name because right. he's really he's a really fucking good actor. Yep. And the fact that he was able to do non Twilight stuff and showcase what he can do, you know, it that just put respect on his name. Same thing with Matthew McConaughey. He was the king of the rom coms. Right. You know, but then after he made those. that when after he made that switch and was like, I gotta work on good shit and he did Lincoln Lawyer and Dallas Buyers Club and True Detective and Killer Joe, you know, you see how good he is, you know, and you see him in Wolf of Wall Street where he's like steals the movie in fifteen minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you gotta the you gotta show people what you can do and that look I'm really good at this. It's just I need good material because I can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know exactly. With, it's like making it, potato that's, salad that's, and someone putting raisins in it. It just does not go. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. you just don't do yeah. that. So so when it comes down to it, it's, it's all about the story. It's all about telling the story and it being a good story to tell. You know, exactly. worthwhile that a story that is worthwhile that people will want to listen to. You know, which is why. Like I said, uh, movies, I think the reason why I latched on so young is because those actors were telling me stories that were better than the ones I had to live with every day. So it, right. it literally comes down all to the story. Right. And, you know, another one that I want to talk about is Leonardo DiCaprio. As soon as I saw mm-hmm. The Departed, it blew me away, right? it goes, And I was like, you know what? Leo has actually done his job for me where I'm saying, you know what, dude? You can act. You've done, you've done a great job. Well, and look what he did with, with eating Gilbert Grape back in the '90s and everything. Which... I was li- I was literally about to say like even like back in the day when he did the movie with uh, De Niro and then Gilbert Grape, you're like this guy's really diaries. good. Right. And then he does Basketball Diaries, which is fantastic. I love Mark Wahlberg in Basketball Diaries, you know. And uh, he does Twilight. I mean, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. He does Titanic, and then he does Romeo and Juliet. I'm like, eh. you know, not a big fan of Titanic to this day. Same. I get mad when I talk about the ending of the movie because he could have fit on the goddamn door as well as she did. You know what I mean? Like physics. Yep. Like doctors have actually looked it up. He could have fit on the door. Okay. I'm sorry. I apply I apply like real life semantics to my movies. Like like unless it doesn't like make a, any a, sense though, to be honest with exactly. you. Exactly. Unless it's a movie that you know is not gonna make any sense, like a Fast and the Furious movie or like a right. superhero film, you're like other than like the basic rudimentary story, like what they put on top of the story, like, yeah, this is this take it for what it is. It's a popcorn film, take it for what it is. But Titanic, he could have fit on the door. Like he could have fit on the door. What's so funny is in Luke Cage season two, Luke Cage's father twice referenced Titanic yep. in a Marvel show. So mad about how they both could have fit on the door. And I'm like, yes, that's how yes, I've been like that since I can remember. Like so, that's why I like don't like Titanic really. But I don't either. But I'm other but, other than right. that, other than that, and Romeo and Juliet, like which is still pretty decent because you know it's Romeo and Juliet. Like he just he's one of my favorite actors. Like he just like every I will watch everything he does. Like I will literally just watch everything he does because he's just that good. So I feel you on that. Right. 
Um, so another thing I want to talk to you about was this, man. I mean, like I said, I'm proud of you and the work that you've been doing. Thank you so much, brother. You're, you're very welcome. You work. You earned. You earned your props. I mean, you just had that thing. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep on going through what I need to do to get to where I'm at. And you're at CSI Vegas. I mean, and everything. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought in a, last year when you talked to me that you would actually be on CSI? That is just mind blowing. I know it's, it's pretty. It's pretty cuckoo. You know, it's just <laughs> who would have thought any of this would happen? I I know one person who did, and that was me. You know, and uh, uh, I didn't know when it was going to happen. I always say I, I I know that it will. I just can't tell you when. The universe kind of puts out when it's supposed to happen because uh, it's already out there, and it's up. And you're just going to go through your life and traverse all the terrain that you will but you'll eventually get to where you're supposed to get to that the universe has put out for you. So I knew it was out there. I know that my time, my time is coming and I'm going to have my moments and things like that on different levels. And so I knew, but I didn't know when, and then just out of the blue, just like, boom, you know, in the pandemic. Cause I booked, uh, I booked the show Rutherford Falls on Peacock. I did a good, I did an episode of that. That was good exposure because I got to work with the dude, Dr. Rick from the progressive, from the uh, insurance commercials. Yeah. Um, as well as uh, Ed Holmes, and that was great. And then I was supposed to do the morning show season two uh, back in March. Literally, I was supposed to shoot probably 10 days before the lockdown, after the lockdown happened. So a year later, when maybe I wouldn't even want to come back to the show, they brought me back. And not only did they bring me back, they, I did half of the season. So hopefully I'll, hopefully I'll still be in it and pop up where in those episodes that I shot. And then... That led into CSI towards the end of that. That went from one episode possibly recurring to I did three, you know, and then that led to I'm also going to be in the season premiere of 911 as well. And uh, just like boom, 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 boom. And it's just what helped a lot is my mindset uh, just to get out of my ego and stop taking things personally. Like it's nothing about you. It's about the character and the, and the casting finding the perfect fit for the character. You know, right. trust in yourself and know that you're you're doing everything in your power. You're doing your part to make this happen. And if you believe that it will happen, if you keep doing what you uh, can do to the fullest extent, then it will eventually happen for you. It's about playing the long game, you know, exactly. getting out of trying to getting out of the mindset of like, do they like me? Will they cast me? I need them. To get... No, like George Clooney said, uh, the best thing you could do is to be a problem solver going into an audition. Like, while you're thinking, am I going to get cast? The casting director sitting aside from you who you're looking at, like, oh, I don't know, they might not. Have. They're thinking, I really hope this person can be different from the other 50 people we saw and actually give me mm-hmm. what we're looking for in this character. So if you have that mindset and try and be a solution to their problem, that will help you in the long run because it also gets you out of your head as well because just because they don't cast you doesn't mean that you didn't do a good job. Like I recently did a, uh, I recently had a, a audition for a recurring guest star, and it was a great tape. And I got feedback uh, that it was a great tape. They loved it, but they were looking for someone more character. And literally, sometimes that is the difference between booking and not booking. It's just that subjective. So it really is out of your hands. Uh, it's so it's not personal. It's what they need right. for that character. It doesn't mean that you didn't kill it because you, if you killed it, you killed it. That's not undeniable. And they'll remember you and keep trying to bring you back until you are that fit that they're looking for. And that's really what it comes down to. You just need to go in trying to solve casting's problem of figuring out who this character is by presenting your authentic self and what you think your interpretation of the character is and being resolute in who that person is and being proud of that and just leaving it at, just leaving it at that. You know what I mean? That's all you can do because hopefully – you just made a fan out of this casting director to where maybe you might not book this. Maybe they might bring you back and you might not book that. But they're going to keep bringing you back because they love what you can do and they want to end up casting you in something eventually. And that's really what it comes down to. Exactly. Because I remember I've been listening to a lot of Talking Sopranos, the Talking Sopranos podcast. Mm -hmm. As you know, I'm a huge Sopranos fan anyways. But but I've been listening to them and they talked about how they – the guy who played Bobby, um, Steve Sharippa, mm-hmm. he went and flew seven times, I think, to this audition. Yeah. And basically, they didn't even pay for his transportation. He had to go ahead and 
uh, basically pay for the transportation and everything. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't know if I'm going to get this part. I don't know what's going to happen. And he goes, after the seventh time, he's like, look, I don't even know if they're even, I don't even know why I'm even doing this. This is my seventh time. Yeah. But like you said, though, they saw something in the edition for the other 50 people that, you know, that they saw and they saw something authentic about it, something that extra that he could bring to that character. And once you get out of that whole entire ego, it's like, well, what's the problem with me? Well, it's not necessarily the problem with you. Exactly. It may be how you're perceiving that character and how they're wanting you to do that character because you want they want you to be able to transform into that character and not overact that character and everything. And also, too, not to actually act like yourself, but act like the character instead. And that's what I... Here's the thing. I actually did a couple of audition stuff with a friend of mine or whatever and i was helping her out i'm like can i be honest with you she goes what's that i said i feel like you're playing yourself rather than this person bring a little extra to that character improv a little bit i i i mean there's a there's a degree of that but i feel like you casting is looking for authenticity right and there's nothing more authentic than who you are you know right. what I mean? So who you are is your superpower, as I always say. Mm. So you need to bring you to the character, but I think it's more you're bringing you, but it's you yourself as this person in your life. How would you react to these this situation, right. these circumstances is going to happen? Because that would be truthful because this is how you would react in real life, and it'll play truthful to the casting that's sitting across from you. You exactly. know what I mean? And but And even on top of that, you could do that and you could be great for the role, like great for the role. You're great fate. It could be like I'm two inches shorter than this guy, so he gets it. Or my eyes are a different color than this guy, so he gets it. Or like this last audition, I'm not charactery enough. I look a little too normal, so I'm not getting it. Literally, something as simple as that could be the reason of you getting it or not. So getting it, booking it is what is the sounds? Booking it is not the objective. The objective is to bring yourself and what you feel this character is fully, honestly, truthfully, um, with all with all that you are, like you believe in it, and making a fan out of that casting director, trying to trying to solve their problem. And even if you don't solve their problem and they don't cast you, they really appreciate you doing that and will try and bring you back to see if you can solve some of the other problems that they have in casting, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, so it it's does. it's all it's all about believing in what you're bringing into that audition. Believing that this is a true, a true like uh, performance of what you think this character is, you infuse yourself into that. You believe in it because belief is the most important thing, and you just leave it at that. And then if they catch you, they catch you. If not, oh well, you did your job. Hopefully, they remembered you and they'll keep bringing you back. Because there are people who will book a show after coming into an office like 20, 30 times, literally 20, 30 times. They keep bringing you back. That's because they see your skill they see what you bring and they know that you belong on one of the things that they're doing they just got to find that perfect spot for you because when it comes down to it after a sh- after a casting director has casted a show you're like okay i understand why they cast that person you know because you can never see anybody else in that role you know what i mean like no one else can play tony stark other than robert downey jr okay right. no one else can play the punisher other than john bernthal you know what i mean like the like you're like oh I see why they cast them, um, they they're they're the person, like they're that's what that's it you know and you can't take that personally because it's nothing to no. do with you because you did your job you know exactly. and it also it, it ties into the universe which I'm a big fan of is like if you if you would if you could book everything you would but you're not no one is no you know what I mean so when it comes down to it. The person who got the part was supposed to get the part from the beginning. It was meant for them. What's meant for you and what you booked is meant for you. So you can't get mad at something that obviously was not meant for you because casting knows what they're doing and they cast the person who's the person. It was meant for them. What's meant for you will come to you, which is why you have to play the long game because a lot of people want to, you know, pull anchor and run before they realize, hey, hey, wait, wait, okay, you didn't get that. But what's meant for you is already out there. You just need to stay here and just take the time to get there. You know, exactly. you have to you have to play the long game. If right. you play the long game, 
it will come to you as long as you believe it will come to you. Exactly, man. Because here's the thing. Everybody thinks that you start from here, but mm-hmm. you have to start from the bottom and work your way up yeah. to the top. With everything you do, you have to keep on grinding. You have to start off from that bottom level. You're not going to be this top-level actor yet. You have to work on different levels before you can get to that level that you mm-hmm. need to do. So you just need to go ahead, keep your head... Pretty much just going ahead, keep your mind on the prize and everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's going to work out eventually. You just have to get there. And not every, yeah. like you said, not every part is going to be meant for you. But guess what? There's other auditions. There's other places that you can actually go to and audition and just try your best to actually get the performance that you yeah. get that they're actually looking for. Yeah. Yes, it may suck that you didn't get that role, but guess what? Hold your head up high move on there's other auditions in its place that's going to be beneficial for you in the 100 percent. the best analogy i ever heard i got a shout her out is my uh, mindset coach her name is shannon bills she's actually a former casting director which gives me a lot of mm-hmm. insight to how it works but i studied with her and she's great and she gave me the reference to something called as actors on the come up you're in what's called water in season you're like a plant that's being watered and groomed and potted and soiled and prepared for when the moment comes when that sun hits you at that right angle and you've matured enough where it's time for you to bust out and sprout and when you bust out and sprout you want to grow you want to grow as big as you can and you want to be as mighty as you can you know so what until that moment happens when it's time for you to sprout it's watering season we're getting you prepared so that's just how you have to kind of view playing the long game Exactly, man. Exactly. Because, you know, I remember last year I had an independent director on, Crichton, and he said this to me. He goes, think of of, uh, what you're doing right now in the terms of doing your podcast and everything in the way that I do pick my actors. Right now, you're a small podcast right now. Mm -hmm. Guess what? It's like warning a gardening. You, (laughs) he gave me the same analogy that you you gave me. Pretty much how it is. Right. I'm like, you know what, man? I never thought of it that way. He opened my eyes up. And who would have thought that I would be doing this right now, but not only doing this, but on September 15th, I'm going to be interviewing someone from School of Rock as well. Yeah, like, come on. And I'm going to be making that announcement tomorrow on who it is. But yeah, it's just mind-blowing, and I'm total in awe about it because – it's something that I wasn't expecting. And also, too, if I was expecting it, I don't think I would be that much humbled over it as I am. Because if I'm expecting it, it doesn't hit you the right way. Yeah. And everything. It's like, eh, it's like, it's, it's like this. It's like, you know what? I knew that was going to happen. I knew that mm-hmm. person was going to be on the show. But the consistent fact, you reach out to somebody, you email them, you don't know if that person is going to get back to you or not. Yeah. And then... All of a sudden, it's like, hey, look, I would love to be on your show. I would love to have you in there for that audition. I would love, like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, you. It, it comes down. It comes down to not. It comes down to believing that it's going to happen, not expecting that it's going to happen. Right. You know, because I believe these things that are happening to me right now were going to happen, and I didn't. Be, and I just believed that. I was like, I just was convinced. My conviction was. I do what I need to do. I handle what I need to handle. I get better. These things will happen. I didn't say, well, this is actually going to happen. This, 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 this. I got out of that mindset long ago. Like, I don't expect this to happen at this time and do this and this. I might set, like, dates in the future for, like, manifestation purposes, like vision board purposes. But you need to you need to not expect for it to happen. You just need to know, like, subtly in your, in your body. It's like, I know this is going to happen one day as long as I keep working towards it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And uh, if you look, and it's crazy because even me right now, if I look back five years ago to where I was at, if I saw this is going to happen right now, I'd be like, holy shit. You know, like everybody would. Like, look at yourself five years ago and look at yourself right now. Right. The growth that you made. That there proves to you that it is about playing the long game because five years from now, we both know what it's going to be like for me. You know? Right. So it's exactly, just like, man. I'm going to be sitting on the Oscars. It. I'm just going to say that. I'm going to see well, you out there, I mean, <laughs> like I said before. <laughs> hey, Oscars would be cool. I mean, that would be cool. Like, I mean, Golden it's, Globes, it's, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never been like an award guy. You right. know, I'm like, right. to get recognition from my peers is cool, you know. Right. 
I, I value being a, a, a great worker who people on set love working with more so than trying to win an award. If I get if I get nominated, great. I mean, I'm cool with the nomination. Right. Like if I'm nominated, that means that my peers and the important people is like, yeah, you can come sit at this big table with us. Yeah, you're welcome <laughs> over here. I'm good with that. Like if I win, that's just icing on the cake. But the most important thing to me is that I'm someone that people want to work with. The crew, the cast, production team, like that Sean is someone who we just enjoy having around and we right. just want to have him around because it just makes our set a better place. I think that's more importantly what I want. And uh, just to work, man, just to not have a day job where this is my job. And if this is my job, I'm not working. You know, exactly. that's just how it is. I do have my ultimate goals, you know, shout out Marvel or shout out DC. <laughs> you know, I would love to be like, I already put it out there. You know, if you're doing a Green Lantern Corps movie, I'm your kilowog. If you're doing the, if you're doing a Fantastic Four reboot, MCU, now that you bought 20th Century Fox, I'm your thing. I'm your Ben Grimm. You know what I mean? So I do put stuff out there, but it's just when it, if we, if we, the rudimentary level, it's just working. You just exactly. want to work. It's not about, you know, the bells and right. whistles. You just want to work and you just want this exactly. to be what you do because this is just, you know, what you want to do. And that's just how I view it. And another thing, though, too, man, that I really respect out of you, too, is how humbled you are and how respectful you are towards what you're doing and stuff like that and getting the respect of the director and saying, this is who I am and everything mm-hmm. and having that respect. That's something I have to say is rare and everything. And I want to say that's admirable and everything for... Thanks, man. You're very welcome. Because I, I notice on Facebook and everything, you're very humbled. You're a great per- person to get along with and everything. You have mm-hmm. people that look up to you and stuff and everything. And I just want to say, I respect what you're doing. You're doing a fantastic job at what you're doing. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it, it's, it's great. It's great to inspire people. You know, it's great to... I always tell people that, uh, you know, anybody I meet, I try to leave them as a better person than before they met me, you know, because I always want to, like, elevate and motivate people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if you reach out to me, I'm going to talk to you. You know, whenever I find time, I will talk to you. And you just got to be humble. You know, you got to exactly. be. I mean, in, in, in that hum- humbleness, you know what you bring to the table. Like, I know that I'm not bad. I'm pretty good at what I do. You know, but I will get better and better. This is not like an end game where I'm at right now. I know that I'm pretty decent, pretty good at what I do. I know I can get better. And you just leave you just leave that praise to other people to tell you, you know. Like Walter Payton said back in the day, he was like, If you're good at something, you tell everybody. If you're great at something, they tell you. So I just do my thing, I keep my head down, I try to reach my own self prescribed level of greatness that I want to achieve and that I work for. And if people want to say that, I'll let them say it. I'm not going to have to say it for myself. The work speaks for itself. But, uh, yeah, you got to be humble, man. You got to be a good person. Like, that's why I love Ted Lasso, you know. It's just, it's just being a good person should be in. It shouldn't be like a, like a revelation that never existed that being a good person is a great thing to be or is cool or is in or is chic. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I feel like you got to be a good person. And I feel like, despite the acting, like what, what skills I'm trying to learn and what I'm doing, the reason why I'm at where I'm at right now is because I'm a good person. And I try to be a good person every day. And I try to be a better person every day. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I don't let this town affect who I am fundamentally at Sean, you know, where I'm from and things like that. So when it comes down to it, if you're a good person, whatever you want to do, you stay that person, it'll work out for you. Exactly, it'll work out man. for you. Yeah. So, but that being said, I want to just say thank you again for taking the time out of your night to do this. Absolutely. Everything. I just wanted to catch up with you. I didn't want to do a 21-question interview or anything like that <laughs> because here's yeah. the thing. I like having conversation. I wanted to do yeah, this yeah. thing like as in we're talking on the phone and you're just talking to me. Yeah. And oh, I have more talk, fun doing that Yeah. and everything. Same. And I just have a question. Where can everybody follow you at and all that other good stuff? For sure. Uh, you can follow me with my stage name on uh, Facebook at uh, Sean Alexander James. And then you can follow me on Instagram at The Sean Burger. 
conversation for another day how I got that nickname, but everybody <laughs> refers to me as Sean Bird. Uh, and uh, yeah, I got three shows coming out this fall, which is cuckoo to say. But like I said, I knew eventually it would happen. Not expected it, but I was like, I felt in my bones if I kept doing it, it will happen. But to be here is great, and I'm very thankful for where I'm at. And uh, yeah, so Morning Show uh, Season 2 drops uh, September 17th on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, I, I debuted, if you want to call it that, in Season 1, and they brought me back, and I'll be popping up more so than ever, uh, which is great. I think I start later in the season, I think around like episode four, maybe. Um, and I'm in about, uh, if everything goes well, I'll be in about half the season, which is fantastic. That's awesome. And dude. then three days after that, on September 20th, you got the season premiere now on one. I'll be in that. No spoilers. It's going to be cuckoo. Crazy. Commercial, you got llamas in the street and explosions in Hollywood. and Yeah, it's bananas. Uh, so I'll be in that. And then October 6th, CSI Vegas drops on CBS. Uh, I'll be in the first episode. And then I'm not in episode two, but I'll be in the next two after that. And then that character, maybe if it comes back, maybe that could build, we can expand upon that and I'll come back. And we don't know where it can go. All I can control, like I said, is being a nice person, doing a good job and, you know, making sure people on the set can count on me. And so because of that, I'm thankfully in the position I'm in now. And uh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a good two months, so you have plenty of avenues to check me out on and uh, hope you watch everything. And if you want to follow me, cool. If you want to have a conversation, cool. You know, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty easygoing, and I'll, I'll talk to anybody. So, yeah, exactly. There you go. There you have it. All right, and so that's going to do it for the show for tonight. But before I get off here, I am going to be interviewing somebody on September 15th. The act, one of the actresses from the movie School of Rock. I'm not going to go on and say who it is until tomorrow morning. So if you're listening to this podcast or if you're tuning in later on, you get to find out tomorrow morning on when, on who it actually is. Because I've been teasing it on Twitter. I've been teasing it on Facebook, on the Movie Lovers TV Lovers Nights uh, Facebook page. So go on ahead. Check that out as well. But also too, guys, I teamed up with Two Blur Girls Podcast. And we've been doing a charity for St. Jude's Children's Hospital with Sensi's and everything, all the proceeds go over to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So go on ahead, get yourself a Sensi for that certain someone, or if you want a Sensi for yourself, click the link below. It supports St. Saint, uh, Jude's Children's Hospital. Also, too, another thing you guys can do is, like I said before, you guys can follow me on TV Lovers Movie Movie Lovers Unite on Facebook and on Instagram as well. You guys can always go on ahead and get an audio-only podcast of this show, where you guys get your podcast from. But here's the thing. Instead of you guys going to Apple Podcasts, go to Good Pods. If you love listening to app, uh, listening to different podcasts and everything, go to Good Pods. Rate me on Good Pods. Tell me what you think of my show. You can actually rate by episode, so therefore you're able to go ahead and tell me what you think of each episode. And even if you didn't like a certain episode, tell me what you didn't like about that episode so I can improve on what I'm doing as a podcaster because I'm all about giving out content that you guys enjoy. So another thing too is go on ahead if you're a sponsor and would like to get in touch with me, just go on ahead, email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. Of course, you guys can go on ahead, follow me on Twitter as well at Movie Lovers Unit. And then those are all the places they can go on ahead and follow me at. Don't forget to like, smash that uh, subscribe button. Also too, smash that little bell on the bottom right hand corner. That gives you the little notifications saying, hey, look, Movie Lovers Unite is going live and, or we have something a little extra going on. Go on ahead, smash that bell on the bottom right-hand corner and everything, and you won't be disappointed. Always until next time, thank you, Sean, for coming on once again. I do appreciate it. And always until next time, guys, it's been real, it's been fun. I can't wait to do this again, and bye-bye.